hello and welcome back to the loyal sun show that's at the loyal sons on twitter instagram tiktok youtube uh got a couple of them now um follow us there and follow us here for pit sports content you won't want to miss uh, if you love golf outings and hate southerners trying to make a break for it this is the place for you the loyal sun show brought to you by section five we have a great show for you today uh our buddy dayon hayes joined us to talk about his preparations for the upcoming season and uh and we have quite a few thoughts for you as well to get to later but first uh the news on everybody's mind uh Potential ACC realignment. That is correct. It is the summer, which means that we must fill time not watching football with talk of what might happen in the next 10 to 50 years. Um, I'm joined, as always, by my wonderful co-hosts, Squid and Dylan. Squid and Dylan, are we tired of this yet? Yeah. Very much so. A little bit. Well, Squid, this is your fault. Would you like to tell the people why it's your fault? Yeah, last week, we're just going to do a quick intro before the Cat Flood interview because the interview was so good. And I literally said, not much has happened at all. So I'm not going to waste any time. We'll just get right to it. No need to listen to us make up headlines. And then about three hours later, Brett McMurphy or whoever it was drops the magnific- magnificent. Magnificus. Magnificent seven uh, tweet bomb where we all thought, oh no, we're fucked from the outside looking in. This is our worst nightmare. I was like, well, damn it. Now that things are happening. Yeah, I mean, the future of pit football kind of flashed before our eyes for a second. Um, Just a second, though. Yeah, I don't... I thought the last time this came up that we figured out the grant of rights was unbreakable and there was really nothing else to be done. And then it turns out these seven schools have had attorneys reviewing the contract, trying to figure out a way to break it. I feel like if there was a way to break it, this thing would be broken already. So, Oh, it'd be so gone. Yeah, I don't know what the why they keep rehashing it. Maybe just hoping, hoping for a loophole they can find. Um, I just feel like this is going to happen every year for the rest of eternity or until there are two major conferences, the SEC and the Big Ten or whatever semblance of whatever name they want to use eventually. Um, I I feel like that's the road we're heading towards. Otherwise, this conference realignment talk is going to happen every single year. I honestly missed a lot of the initial reaction to the news breaking. I, I don't know if I took a nap or went to sleep early and I caught up on it later whenever Everyone found out, yeah, it's probably not as big as, of a bombshell as we thought. There's probably not much substance there. It was like, remember in Hawaii when somebody accidentally pressed a button and everyone thought there was like a new heading for Hawaii? Yeah, yeah. Like got an, a notification like an emergency phone, message was, got sent out by accident. Yeah, it was like a seek shelter, like bombs incoming. And then they're like, oh, yeah, false alarm. I think that's what this was. I don't know if it's reporters trying to sound smarter than they are and running with stories that don't have that much actual substance or they want it to be more true than it is just to get a big reaction. Because I think every time something just happens, we're slowly brought down to earth. Like, yeah, actually, not really. So what I actually think it is, and, and these are all, there's there's a lot of truth to everything you guys are, are saying. What I kind of perceive it to be is these schools leaking this information and feeding it to the media uh, for their own gain. Yes, there is absolutely an element of the fact that what else are we going to talk about in May? And we we have to fill column inches in airspace. Um, So, you know, it gets blown up a lot. Uh, However, a lot of this is because these schools that really do not want to be in the ACC anymore because they want to make more money, um, keep floating this out to the media and the media eats it up like Thanksgiving dinner. Honestly, um, at this point, I think we know at the current juncture, 
the ACC's grant of rights, which runs to 2036, is unbreakable. Or or they haven't they aren't close to figuring out a way to break it. I guarantee even the seven teams that are loyal to the ACC have taken a look at it. I guarantee Heather Like has had lawyers take a look at it. Um, But I I think what this was more of is those seven schools trying to create leverage with the ACC by saying, we will look elsewhere if you don't give us more money and if we don't look at unequal revenue sharing. Um, But I think it was also a signal to other conferences to say like, hey, we are interested in being partners with you. And if you have any really good lawyers, please have them call us because this is what's in the, this grant of rights is getting in the way of us bringing our brand money to your conference. So that is why we keep hearing it. Yeah. And I think the conference as a whole, or at least those seven schools, you have the seven schools who allegedly want to stay put and are loyal to the ACC. And then you have the, the magnificent seven, but at, it's maybe These just names to start are hilarious. that. Yeah, it is. It is really. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but maybe just to start that conversation, like w- with the deal they have now, like the ACC is very much getting left behind. the The Big Ten and the SEC contracts are so astronomically higher every year with the money that's coming in. So the ACC trying to figure something out, like maybe we can band together and get all of us a little more money. And maybe if we can do that with unequal revenue sharing, that works for us. Um, cause I'm not going to lie. I, I was looking at the, like the big 10, like teams are going to be getting a hundred million dollars a year or something. And then Pitt led the ACC in revenue in 21, 22 with like 42 million, a little under 42 million. So it's like at some point that becomes very significant. And the conference is like, well, we're we got a pretty bad deal here with ESPN. Uh, so maybe just starting that conversation with everyone and the Magnificent Seven. I laugh every time I say it. Just yeah. Can we make fun of them? To... Yeah, no, oh. finish your point. But point of order, we're going to start making fun of them in a minute. Yeah, basically, my point was they're, they're banding together and be like, you other seven, like, let's all get on the same page here and get some more money out of this because we're getting shafted. OK, now we can make fun of them. The magnificent, the magnificent seven, fucking really. I didn't know that the magnificent seven was a night, uh, Western thriller that was made released in 1960. I got that googling man, magnificent seven. So we might have a group film review of this one. Pretty, pretty current reference, uh, for the ACC athletic directors, to be honest. Like, that's that's just marketing 101. And the sequel is the return of the seven. So that's just going to be those seven schools coming back for more when they can't get out of the grant of rights. Yeah. I'm sure if you guys are familiar, but there's a Adam Sandler Western movie called the ridiculous six. Not very good, but that will be what it's called. Whenever North Carolina state gets booted out because they're like, yeah, we don't want you anymore. The ridiculous six is um, the magnificent seven minus Clemson. It's, Six terrible schools with six terrible teams with huge names that think they're still worth literally anything. Which brings me to my next point. Virginia and Virginia Tech, who the fuck do you think you are? Yeah, I thought the same thing. I don't know. Because those schools, I guess the one thing they would have in common is they've all, uh, no, Virginia Tech was in the Big East and so was Miami. I was saying like who's been in the ACC the longest and they've you know, kind of been buddy buddy for a longer time than Pitt, Syracuse, Duke's been. Around. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know how this group of schools decided that they were the seven. I was a little confused by that too, because Virginia, Virginia Tech, like they are what they are, nothing special. Duke wasn't in the magnificent seven, and they're the most valuable basketball brand, perhaps. So I don't know how they came to that decision. Who was uh orchestrating everything behind the scenes and? decided you're in the club and you're not but that was the most interesting thing to me because we all saw pit fans saying oh virginia virginia tech nc state spare me yeah give well, me a break well so we know that the magnificent seven this elite tier of acc schools and athletic departments <laughs> <laughs> made you sick just thinking about it <laughs> 
physically ill. Uh, my body couldn't even get it out. No, uh, we know it's not based on on-the-field performance. Um, so obviously it must be based on their brand worth, right? Um, yet here I am looking at a uh, a tweet from David Bradley uh, that catalogs the actual brand value generated by the top seven ACC schools in the last two years, football and men's basketball combined. I see Pitt at number six. You know, I don't see either uh, Virginia school on there, which is interesting. So, so if if you don't have the most valuable brand, and you've been terrible at football for like four years now, what makes you think that the Big Ten is going to send in their lawyers to bust up the ACC to get you? Yeah, they don't want another Rutgers. I, I feel like at, because we've kind of figured out from this conference realignment and the TV deals, like on field performance doesn't matter as much. Like unless you're, I guess, a Clemson where a, if the SEC can go poach a Clemson, they're like, all right, that's another just huge dominant program that we can mm-hmm. add to the conference. But it's more about like the, the regions, the TV markets, et cetera. But would would anyone really be interested in adding two schools from Virginia? I, I don't know if that makes much sense. So, I mean, they, I don't know. The Big Ten scooped up Maryland, thinking that they'd get all of this glorious Washington D.C. Um, DMV area money, and it has not paid out. So why would they double and triple down on th- that pocket that has proven that? maybe the excitement for football for college football isn't there. Um, and, and certainly the uh, on the field performance hasn't been because Virginia tech and Virginia, well, Virginia tech would be a second Maryland in the big 10 and UVA would be another Rutgers, but like that can actually do school and basketball. Well, that's exactly why they would want them. Just more easy wins for Ohio state and Michigan. And then Iowa would go, Nine and one every year without beating a team that went above five hundred. I feel like we, we could do a whole, puzzle. We we could do a whole episode on the absolute uh, ruse that is this this Big Ten supremacy that they get to build by having two or three good programs beat the shit out of uh, all of these god awful teams, and then it's for another day. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm interested to know who they think they are. Um, also NC state who hasn't done anything on a football field in, in quite a while. Um, who also, uh, brand is worth about $40 million less than pits over the last two years. So pretty sick. Um, so, so my question is, was all of this just to get unequal revenue distribution because it seems like that is what the ACC is going to move towards in the immediate future. I guess so, but there's no way every one of these seven schools benefits from that. I just don't see how that's possible. It's got to be, I mean, Clemson, Florida State, maybe Miami are going to be the real driving. I mean, Miami sucked, but we know the brand and what matters a lot of times. Like, are those three going to benefit? And others, four schools are like, hey, we helped. And I'm like, ah, oh, too bad. I, I don't know. It's it's way above my pay grade, but it just, it, it just sucks. Like, this is what college football is becoming. And before we hopped on, I was thinking to myself, like, is this, is college football just going to create what some people have imagined, like two mega conferences and everyone else gets left out. And then does this just become a second NFL, like a, a lower tier NFL? And at that point, it takes away everything that is fun about college football and different about college football. I feel like every year we're inching closer and closer to what makes college football great. Just just not there anymore. And this is why I don't like talking about realignment. It's sad. It gets dark really fast. Nobody knows anything until it actually happens. It seems like USC and UCLA, it was like no one even heard that rumor until it was like, actually, yeah, they're in the Big Ten now. 
Well, so that's why we we should have known better than to be afraid of what the Magnificent Seven was doing because USC UCLA that bomb dropped like on a Monday when it was, was final and it was like the paperwork was done by Wednesday. Same with uh, Texas and Oklahoma the year before. So yep. if there's actual movement going on, we don't find out about it until like seconds before it happens. Well, that's so why that's... when I saw the tweets about the Magnificent Seven, I was like, is Pitt going to just not be in a conference next year? Like, are we getting yeah. left out right now? <laughs> yeah. And then when that 24 hour um, cycle closed out and we were still in a functioning ACC, I think that's when everyone realized, you know, that this was, and, and, this is the point I was, I, I wanted to make. This was kind of a cry for attention from these seven schools. And they knew, they knew Brent McMurphy would run with whatever they said to him. Yeah. I think I could DM Brent McMurphy that, uh, I don't know. Uh, Phil Dracovic fell into a, uh, that of nuclear sludge and grew to eight feet tall. And they're now reviewing uh, whether or not he can participate in the next football season as a superhuman now. Um, and he would at least consider running with it. Try it. Try that would really it. add um, a new facet to our offense. If Phil Dracovic was eight feet tall and could breathe fire. Yeah, we should look into that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Three Mile Island's not far from here. No. No. But anyway, um, you guys well, What if it does happen? What if it does happen? Yeah, what if, like, Pitt has to find a new home? What's our, what's our dream spot? I mean, if we're going to talk about this, we might as well go all the way with it. Yeah. So the SEC will not happen, so let's not pretend like that's in the realm of possibility. So that leaves one other option. Our favorite well, the Big Twelve the dump has been on. floated out there. I think going to the Big Twelve is just treading water for a few more years and then being in the same situation again. So I disagree um, because I, I know you guys talked about the the whole mega conference idea or the two super conference ideas. People love talking about like the impending super conference, but I I think that's just the most slippery slope BS ever. Um, I, I think that the networks are really what's driving conference realignment. And I don't think the networks really stand to benefit from making like a hundred of the 130 FBS football teams completely irrelevant. Like, yeah, we'll get to see Michigan, Texas and, and Ohio state, Alabama more every year, and that'll get eyeballs. But at the expense of like 80% of other fan bases and, and other teams. And I, I don't know. And even if we do eventually get there, I think it's going to take way, way longer. People are acting like this is the cloud that is looming over, you know, the, the impending doom of college football. And I, I think that could be decades off. If at all. I, I agree with everything you said. Cause I think, Personally, for me, like if Pitt gets left out, like I will still watch college football on Saturdays. I'm not going to sit here and act like well, I'll, I'll, I'm done with it. Wipe my hands with college football. But mm. a lot of the allure of it will will be lost if Pitt's just. And I'm thinking the same for people in other fan bases. Like if they're just in a relegated league that just isn't nearly as important, and you're not going to compete against these these bigger programs. Like I, I do agree that that wouldn't be very wise uh, for the TV networks, because like you said, you're wiping out a ton of fan bases and a ton of eyeballs. Um, so I agree there. And, but back to the original question here. Right. Right. So, so all that to say, um, I wouldn't be upset with either the big 10 or the big 12. Um, and I wanted to focus on the big 12. The, the big 12 is in a pretty good position to eat to down the line, 10 years down the line, I'm talking eat up a lot of the Pac-12 and the ACC and be a very strong third conference because um, there is a real possibility that the 
SEC and the Big 12 are sitting put for a while because they aren't going to bring in uh, anyone that doesn't make that per team dollar value go up. And there are not many brands left in college football that are going to increase that $100 million per year by enough to go through uh, all the BS of realigning the conference again. So I think it, it it gives the Big 12 a pretty good position to grow and become strong and, and eat some of the other dying conferences. So I think if we were in the Big 12, one, we get to kick the shit out of West Virginia every year for the rest of our lives. And two, we would be a part of something that I think could have staying power. Yeah, I... The reason I don't love the Big 12 move, but even the discussion of it, is to look at what ha- has happened to West Virginia. Like, they have to play all their games on the road in Texas and I don't, Kansas State. Like, it's definitely hurt West Virginia as a program that they now play in a conference that doesn't make any geographical sense. Um, if They've the had to 12, lose a lot of Olympic sports over it. Yeah. They can't afford... Of- the yeah, small cut a bunch anymore. of sports. Yeah, yeah, cut a bunch of small sports. Um, obviously, like if the Big Twelve does take on some schools, we might get some of those ACC schools that we have some history with to go with us. But I mean, our I think our best case scenario, unfortunately, would be to end up in the Big Ten with yeah. maybe West Virginia coming along for the ride, get to play Penn State, West Virginia every year. Um, that's my dream scenario because. I will say till I'm blue in the face, college football is fun when you play teams that are considered rivals, even if the other team fans claim they don't think you're a rival. I I just think football college football is way more fun that way. So ideally we would and then the the other conference opponents are, you know, we can make the drive up to Ann Arbor for a game and we can go to Columbus. I don't love the idea of staring down an Ohio State Buckeyes team every year, but we'll take them down like we take down Clemson every couple of years. So, yeah, I, I think that that would make the most sense. And it would be great if there was still some sense of like geographical, some geographic component to college football. Uh, but, you know, that's that's very wishful thinking on my part. Yeah, I mean, I. But again, at the end of the day, we're looking at another 10 years, I think, before Pitt has to worry about this. And it puts us, I, I think we have an opportunity here. Like there's been a lot of woe is me among Pitt fans the last week, because as we sit here today, Pitt is probably not attractive to a lot of other conferences, maybe the Big 12, but almost certainly not the Big 10 or the SEC. But because of the grant of rights, which apparently the greatest, high, most high-powered lawyers in the world can't pick apart, we have a 10-year window here to keep packing Akersher, to keep winning football games. That's number one. We've been great at it the last two years. We need to keep doing it. Um, maybe, you know, build that on-campus stadium that, the athletic department's doing a really bad job of keeping a secret in 2030. Um, Like we, we have an opportunity here and I haven't heard of enough pit fans and pit media realizing that we have 10 years, 10 years to make this a brand that the rest of college football cannot ignore. And we're kind of off to a really good start the last two years. You got me ready to run through a wall here. Yeah, right? Makes me want to go start uh, laying some brick myself up at that stadium. I mean, I'm the the Granite Rights is like this sucks for for Clemson and Florida State and Miami and you know, they are they are absolutely going to be hurt by the fact that they're making uh significantly less on a year-to-year basis than schools that they've tricked themselves into thinking they are equal to. But this is a huge opportunity for Pitt. We have, we have 10, we, we know in 10 years, the ACC is falling apart. We, right. Do we, do we disagree with that at all? 2036 rolls around that this conference, we think this conference is still going to exist. Dude, I don't even want to, like, I don't even 
know what the world will look like in 2036. Every football team might just be AI-created robots. Okay. Well, right, that's a scary path. That, I don't want to go down. <laughs> <laughs> that th- threw where I was going on a real curveball. But let's assume, let's assume that in, in 13 years, we're still enjoying football the way we do today. I don't think the ACC is going to exist. The other conferences are going to come and pick apart whatever's left whenever the grant of rights is weak enough to strike. Uh, and Pitt needed time, and we've been afforded it. Yeah, we'll take it. We'll take our time. Let's just keep winning. As you said, keep building Pitt. And I don't know, let's just dominate the ACC. If it if it comes down to it, if all said and done, 2036 rolls around and Pitt's going to get left out, let's at least go out swinging with like five ACC titles. It'd be impossible to ignore us at that point. And if they do... We'll just ride off into the sunset. Make our own bigger and better conference. Bring back the Big East. I've heard a lot of people talk about that unironically, but let's just <laughs> let's leave that can of worms unopened and uh, get on to our interview with our boy Dayon. It's not much of a secret that I have a home field apparel problem. Even before we started this show, I couldn't even step foot on a new college campus without making sure there was something from that school's home field collection waiting on my porch when I got home. So we are, understandably, over the moon to partner with home field this season to keep Pitt fans comfy, cozy, and stylish at a fraction of the price by using promo code LOYALSUNS for 15% off your next order. This discount applies site-wide and with unique vintage collections for every school from Pitt to Bama, Jackson State to Colgate, Michigan, Marshall, Marquette, and both Miamis. There's something for every fan. So whether you're buying for a Pitt fan or for a loser freak, use promo code LOYALSONS at homefieldapparel.com to save big on your next order. Each code applies once per email address, so get those work emails and burners ready. That's homefieldapparel.com. Now, welcome back to the show. I believe for his third time. This is our first ever third time guest. You set yeah. records out here, Dan. We've got Dayon Hayes, defensive end from the University of Pittsburgh. Dayon, how you doing today, man? Good. I'm doing good. I'm glad to be back. Y'all my dog, so I'm always be here. Yeah, we've been we've been chopping up for about half an hour before we even started hitting record. We had a whole episode ready and we didn't even hit record yet. But uh, for, very first question I want to ask you before we get too deep into anything. How's the golf game looking? You ready for the outing this year? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I was just to take, I was just talking to uh, Cam Guess about it because I need him to help me because I got to get better this year. So I'm definitely going to be uh, getting better this upcoming for this upcoming year, man. And Coach Dude's so good, I got to ask him to help me, too. Because we play eight ball a lot on my phone. I didn't think he was good in real life, but he's good. He's real good. Well, we saw Coach Narduzzi won the ACC golf outing amongst all the coaches and media. So um, you got to take some lessons from Dude's, and you'll be ready for the Loyal Suns Rendai Consulting outing coming up this summer. Yeah, I'm going to definitely take some lessons from him. Definitely. Cause he, I shocked me. I didn't think he was that good. I mean, I knew he was – I heard he played, but the one that you had to be good, good. Cause, you know, not to call them old, but there's a lot of old men there. They, 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 <laughs> they do what they do there. So what, what's this offseason look like for you, Dan? You were telling us you were watching some film before we hopped on. What film you been watching? Uh, I've been watching so a lot. I've been watching a lot of uh, people that get drafted. So I first started off like a couple weeks ago with the people that got drafted, the DNs, and I watched some D tackles. But yeah, I was in, just been watching all the people that got drafted, and next year, looking at the little PFF stuff, you know, PFF. But uh, I've been looking at that, watching them, and just seeing what I could learn from them. Honestly, to just better my game, because my coach come back in a couple of weeks, so I'm gonna watch my cut up with him. So I'm just trying to watch everybody else, just build up for this off season, and just keep my mental high. So what are you trying to learn from those guys? Are you trying to pick up new moves, tendencies? What is it? 
So what I really want to learn from each of y'all, like, I want to learn like what made them good, like what made them, like what made them impact the game in a way that like I haven't looked or just, you know, you could take something from every player, like you could take something from the the worst player, you could take something from the best player. So I'll just try to learn from each player. So I just been really focused on because they uh they all started, you know, I, I mean I started one game, but they all like people I'm watching all basically started the whole season. So I'm just watching their best games in like like their three side games or there's games where they want to get a good opponent, like the dude from the Steelers, what's his name? I forgot his name. Keanu Benton, I think it was, the kid from Wisconsin. Yeah, so I watched his game against Iowa. He had three I think he had three sacks. He had a good game. He was doing He's good. Then I watched this game against Ohio State. So I try to watch like the best game, the most competitive game, and like probably just another game. I just think like it'll give me some, another look. So yeah, I just try to learn. I mean, what I try to learn from them is just what make them good. Like I think what made him good was he's very quick. I ain't gonna lie, and he's it seemed like he a little shorter and he's smaller, so he uses quick into his advantage. So he was very quick, and what else he did? He had good moves. He was bendy. He was bendy, definitely. So I know he, no wonder he got drafted. So that's what I really learned. And what I, what I'm really getting a, from these guys with the high socks, it's really the motor. So and that's my goal right now, is to get my motor up and just make sure I'm always running to the boss. Because that's my like when me Coach Porter's talk, like he he was telling me like during this spring, like he like I know you can make plays, but it's like he want me to be able to. Always run to the ball, always hustle, and always, like, get the dirty stuff. Because it's like, when you stay around the ball, only good things happen. So, like, that's my goal, really. And I and I think this spring I did better at that. So, have you been looking at looking at all of the tape of uh, your guy, Kalaja? Because when you talk about high-motor dudes, I, I think of him immediately. Because he never gave up on a play. And he was always, you know, blowing by dudes. He, he didn't have a bad play in his entire collegiate career so have you have you watched his film and talked to him a little bit about how to do that yeah i mean i we talk a lot yeah he's just a different type of guy like you watch him it's like you can watch players like like for example me and golly headers me and my team have been golly headed arguing all the time uh, you could watch players like elijah i ain't i mean i'm gonna just say elijah michael portions but them players, <laughs> you didn't. You didn't want to admit top to a Penn State or being good. Yeah, they're just top. Yeah, I didn't really want to add that, but they're just top athletes. Like them athletes, man. Are you hope? I ain't gonna say you never get there, but you hope to be athletic and as fast and as feisty as them. But what I learned from Galaj is, you just gotta play hard. Like he, his his mindset was always he always played with intense. He always was intense before games. So that's what I really learned from him, like how to prep and always really – what I really learned, always stay with the same routine because that's something he always did. Like he was very – I forgot, superstitious, is that the word they say? Like he did everything the same way. Like we used to like every – so we, we was always roommates when he was here. So every game day we watched uh, – what was it? I forgot. What, it was this funny show. It's, it's that dude with the hat. He's white. He's white. Ridiculousness. We always watch that. <laughs> we, was not expecting that. <laughs> Every time I tried to change it, he used to get mad. Like, like No, this is our pregame. Yeah, he's always consistent with that. Then day of the game, we always turn the TV up to the highest and play music. That's all we used to do. That's how we used to do it. So we stayed doing that. Like that's he stayed consistent. That's how he was. That's what I learned from him. So you guys were roommates. Was that by design? Like you were you guys just good friends or did the coaches put you together? No, we uh so at first he don't he he don't really like so, cause uh how was it? So at at first it was like we wasn't roommates, right? Then he was like, ask the coaches. I'm like, no, you ask, you the better player. This is when I was young. I'm like, ask, right, you the better player than me. He didn't want to ask, so I just asked Coach LaSalle and dudes. So they switched us. And ever since my – was it my first year? Yeah, ever since my first year, we've been roommates. So And it, and it was like that because we always played around. But when I first, first got here, I thought Collider was weird because it was like he was always quiet. I didn't think he talked to nobody. 
But it's like I had to me, I don't care what nobody said, I broke it out of him. Cause it's like when I got around, he was always like playful. Cause I'm a playful guy. Like that's just me. Like I'm gonna always play. Cause I don't like to be serious. But that's how he was. But now we just goof on that's why I said like we send funny videos to each other every day. Now we just like that. That's why I'm gonna go down there soon and chill. <laughs> Has Kalaja given you uh, any thoughts on what it's like being in the NFL already? I know it's a short time. Has he uh, had any first thoughts? Uh, I ain't really. I ain't any t- motivation for you? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's called a signing bonus. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got a big sense. So, because dudes, uh, he be showing us the sheet, right? Of like the first rounders. Cause he always, it ain't. I don't think this is private, but he always talked to us about like if you should come back, if you shouldn't. So he also show us like the first round bonuses. Be like, like if you really think about it, like for anybody, you should come back if you could get to the first round. But if you already eligible drafted, like like hype, you should come back. Cause it's like, man, Elijah bonus is crazy. I ain't going. I don't really know his bonus. But off that sheet coach dude showed me, I know it's around $8 million. So that's big enough, you know, hype I need. But I ain't really been asking him about that too much. Because it's OTAs right now, so I've been just, like, I'm going to let him get over with that first to really hit him up. But, yeah, that's all with that. I mean, obviously, Kalaja was uh, the big name, uh, your former roommate going first round. But what was it like seeing that many guys land on NFL teams from uh, the team last year? Man, I it just – I was just uh, – it just goes to show, like, how it is a program is really, like, developing people. Because, like – Well, you said – Kalaja said the coaches, the NFL scouts, love the pick guys. Oh, yeah, they definitely love the that's – what, that's what he told me. He was telling me they love us so much because we're so much – knowledge-wise, advanced more than a lot of the other players – basically from every other school. So it was like, or, or, uh, or basically, what was I about to say? Or, uh, ER coaches love to bring that up now since Kalaja told them, like, <laughs> like how more knowledgeable we are. But, I mean, I did something to brag about because I, I ain't going to lie, y'all. When I first got here, I'm like, man, do we got to learn this? Like, what's this doing for me? <laughs> so that's how I think. I'm like, man, what is this doing? Like, I got to learn formations. Coach P keep asking me what's going on with but, man, that helped him. I ain't going to lie. Like, that helped him a lot. Because it's like he was saying he just was on it. And they, they really couldn't find no weakness with Kalaza. Like, he didn't have one through their eyes other than, you know, that little, he's too little. But he can't be too little if he's destroying everybody. So, you're, I think you're living with uh, Sammy O, Sam Ogilola yeah. now, right? Do you, do you, he's, he's only a, a – sophomore redshirt freshman do you then turn to him and be like are you listening like like this is what the nfl scouts are looking for this stuff that coach partridge is talking about that you might think is like why do i need to know this yeah but yeah you're right sam i ain't gonna lie one thing about sam i ain't gonna lie he he a different type of guy like he count he like for him like how he is he came in he know all the moves all the speed moves everything but how he approached stuff is different than how I was. Like, I think he's going to be better than me, and I don't really say that about nobody. But he's going to be better than me because he, how he approached it as a young age was way more advanced. Like, he do everything. Like, what I was saying about collage, he's very consistent. Like, he's probably in there stretching right now because all he do is, like, his little – he do his little stretching stuff. He's just super consistent on how he is, and that's why I like him so much. That's why I really – I mean – that's why I low-key do – I do want to leave, but I'd be like, he keep me, like, you know, motivated in a way because it's like he young and he always doing the right thing. And I, I ain't saying I don't do the right thing, but, like, he just – I wasn't – like, we two different players, like, how we do stuff. And it just – it really gives me, like, motivation because it's like he's so young doing it the right way. I wish I did it at his age the right way, basically. So we talked did. about collage. We talked about Sammy. Yeah. What about you, Dayon? Uh, this isn't your uh, first rodeo leading up to a season. How are you feeling? What's What's uh, new about senior year starter day on? Man, uh, this is going to be a big year for me. And so I've been taking. So that's my key. key. What I was saying about collage. My key is like just to stay consistent. Like so, this break I didn't even like. I really wanted to go out the country. 
I really wanted to go out the city, but I'm like, man, I'm gonna just train Monday through Friday and Saturday or Sunday sometimes on the weekends, just to stay consistent. Cause it's like, that's what I like me being here. That's what I really learned that really carries people. Like whoever stay consistent the most is going to do the best. And like, one thing about me is like, I know I make plays and I like, I, get, I mean, I think it's luck and me. It's like luck and me at the same time. Cause it's just, it happens, it'd be crazy. I'd be like, damn, how do I do that? But I'd be like, now I'm like in a point where like, I know I'm gonna make plays. Now it's like, how do I make sure I make them plays without me? Just basically being lucky. Like I think some of my plays is luck, because I think God, everybody get lucky plays. But I think my my mindset this year is like I don't want no lucky plays. I want everything I get earned. I want everything that's coming to me. I gotta go get it. I don't want it to be here. Like I know I'm gonna be the start of the season, but I don't mean I get to chill. Like I really like when I was when I was in the meet with those dudes, it's like I don't wanna let my coaches down. Man. Like they they vouch for me through, you know, ups and downs. I don't want to let them down. So, like, my mindset is stay consistent and win every day. And that's just the goal I'm trying to accomplish this offseason. What? Do you, do you feel like you're on under a, a, a little bit of pressure going into this season? Because I, I think there is an expectation um, that you're you're going to be the guy. You know, and all the media types that we've talked to, you're you're the first name that comes up when they talk about, yeah, Haba and John and and Deslin are gone, but like Deion A is ain't a bad football player. Have you have you felt any pressure from that kind of expectation? Yeah, well, I like pressure. That's why, I, like what I said, I can't let nobody down because, like, I hear that too. Like, I see it, people sending me stuff. I like pressure. Like, I think pressure is gonna make me or break me. And if I don't really, it's, like, I'm a player where like I talk a lot too. So it's like, like I like the pressure. Like pressure just make me feel like. It make my mindset be like, day on, you can't cheat, you can't play around, you gotta win every day. Like win all the competition stuff, everything, even in the weight room. Like I'm always competing because it's like comp- competition and pressure make me like feel like great when I could do it. Like when I make plays and they be like, dang, they he wasn't supposed to do that. It's like it just boosts me up because it's like if I could talk it and people could talk about me and I do it. I think that's the best because it's like that's hard to do. Like I want stuff to be hard on me. I don't want it to be surprised. So I mean, I I'm accepting it, and I know good things gonna happen this season. I mean, the the arguably the best game you've played in your career was an ACC championship. So maybe there's maybe there's something to it. Yeah, man, I was a good game. I got hurt, but that game was fun. That game was fun, man. And that's crazy. That year, I don't know what year. I'll be, I'll be thinking I'm here for 10 years. I'll be forgetting you. <laughs> but that, that was that championship game, then the bowl game. It was like, man, it was crazy. I was happy that year, too. I ain't going to lie, because it was like, I mean, I'm happy every year. But that just gave me boost. Like, when I have good games like that, and it's not expected, it'd be like, man. Like, it's just a different feeling, like. Cause like they ain't expect that to happen for me. Cause you know I ain't story. I ain't really, I wasn't playing a lot, but it just happened. So now that it's really mine, like I just gotta take advantage of it, or I'm just going. I can't let Pitt down. I can't let nobody down. Like that ain't that ain't me. So yeah, I mean, so you've been waiting your turn. There's these older guys ahead of you. Uh, you're, I mean, you're not a young dude. You're, I mean, you're still young comparatively. Way way younger than us. But uh, you're you're fourth year at Pitt. Um. So it, do you feel like you have to step up and be more of a leader now than you've had to be in the past? Yeah, man. That's what uh, I was just – I was one of those – so I'd be asking the coaches, like, what I can do better. And he think that's, like, my next step I need to make, really be a leader by my actions and my uh, off-the-field stuff. So that's my next goal, honestly, to lead by example and basically be more vocal in a way. But I – I think I am. Like, the young guy, like, the D-line, they bang with me. They know, like, now I ain't going to say they know I'm the leader, but, like, how I do my stuff is, like, different. Like, I learned from Pat Jones. Like, Pat Jones is the best leader to me. He was different. He really, like, when I first came in, he was really – he took me to the film room with him. He took me around the city. Like, he was took me to train with him. I was the best leader. And he was cool, like. So that's really my approach, to be cool. But they know, like, when they lock in, like, they know, like, Type to like when I be serious because I playful, I'm playful, but they know like it's just more like a relaxed 
leadership. I, I'm more like a relaxed leader, but it's like I know when to tell people, like, let's lock in. You're like the uh, cool uncle of the D-line room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm the cool one. They know I'm Dave, and I'm just, you know, I'm cool. But, like, when it's time to lock in, they going to, like, when I get on the field, it's like I'm locked in. Like, I'm locked in, like, in a way where it's like, you can tell, because it's like, I ain't really smiling. I'm smiling, but it's like I'm, you, you can tell I'm focused. I'm on a focus thing. I was going to say, don't lie. We've seen you smiling after a couple of those sacks. Because <laughs> it would be crazy, man. That would just be fun. It would just be fun. That Miami one was crazy because it's like, the dude, I told, I told him we was doing that. He didn't believe me. I'm like, bro, we about to run this stunt. <laughs> <laughs> it was a sack, so it was just funny because I was – uh, so because that game – we was killing, so I was playing with uh, – so I switched sides because I was on the one side. I was killing that one dude. But then I switched to the other side because I'm like, yeah, let you me spared him. Yeah, yeah, I speared him. So I'm like, let me switch to the other side because I'm like, I got two sacks, man. I ain't saying I wasn't going to get a sack against dude, but I'm like – Oh, you had three sacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had three. <laughs> Five tackles, all solo, three sacks. I was on that's so like, Pretty bad game. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm like, let me switch it up. Let me go over here. Because I, cause I ain't going to lie. You know what I be learning? I ain't going to cap. What I be learning, like, I be watching, like, J.J. Watt and all them. They be like Aaron Donald. They be like, they'll pick who they go against. Like, the weakest one, they'll go against the weakest one. So, I'm like, man, I might as well do that, too. But then I wanted to switch to see what the other dude was about. Because I'm like, I ain't really go against him today. So, yeah, I told him what he was doing. And he didn't believe me. He was in a uh, stream ball, I think, this year. He was a senior. He was all right. He was strong, too. But, yeah, I told him. Maybe not smart. (laughs) So give us a look inside that D-line room as the cool uncle. Uh, We know the guys that are gone on to the NFL. Who's going to make some big plays this year alongside of you? There's a lot of candidates. You can't say everybody. Uh, You know you can say everybody if you want. We'll be excited. I think, I mean, what am I my belief? I told you, I think Sam will be better than me. So I think Sam... Okanola, he gonna be, he gonna be nice, man. I think he gonna, I think he gonna spark it. He gonna have like a spark year. But other than Sam, I think, uh, other than Sam, I think, other than Sam, I think Nate and uh, Nakai. I think them three. I'll say them three. It'd be my three that I'll pick: Sam, Nate, and Nakai. I think they gonna do good. This is gonna be good for him. Nakai. You know, this is his time to pop out. No way, don't really know about him. So this is his time. So yeah, Nate, he been waiting just like me. So yeah, he's he's a savvy, like he's super smart. Yeah. Like what I'm saying, the NFL gonna love him because he's super smart. So yeah, him and yeah, Sam too. Sam Young, raw, but once again, he know a lot. He do a lot. Like he very mature, very. He's very. It's like he groomed by like an NFL scout or coach already. Like he knew he got. Oh, like he's got pedigree. Yeah, it's like he got it. And I think he – that's why I keep saying he's going to be better than me because he's – he came in like that. Like, so, I like Sam a lot. Yeah, big big football family, the uh, the Okanlolas. So, yeah. he, he was probably <laughs> breaking down 10 and 12 formations in, in preschool. Man, how they is, yeah. His brother – I'm mad when you play his brother. I keep telling him I'm going to mess his brother up. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I wish we played Miami. Man, that would have been fun. But Sam won't do it because, you know, they're they going to be starting next season. So do you have any – obviously, you want to win every day. You want to take that next step this year break out. But do you have any, like, goals in mind, like double-digit sacks, uh, TFLs, anything like that? Yeah, my goal is 10-10, like 10 sacks and 10 TFLs. That's my goal. I think I could definitely do that. Cause this, you know, I think I could do that. I just know I could do that. Cause I, I've been doing good with the little role I had these last couple of years. So I just think when I got the role, like there's no way I'm coming out. I could do that. I could do that. You know, you're you're pretty good at predicting the future. I don't know if you remember, but the last time you were on the show, you told us that Kalijah Kansi. You specifically said he's going to run a four six. He's going to break the record for defensive lineman, and then he ran a four six and uh, set the highest mark since like two thousand three. So you you know you know something. 
Yeah, I do. I just he's just a different breed, man. He was different. He's the always. I ain't gonna lie. I thought he was slow at first because I'm like, man, this little short dude ain't fast. <laughs> I'm like, let's race. He cooked me. I ain't gonna lie. I'm like, <laughs> he's fast. He fast guy, and he always is running that fast. I knew he was gonna do that. But I'm just excited to run this clip back, uh, like this time next year when you know you signed that big old fat signing bonus, and you had ten sacks and ten tackles, and we can just run it back on Twitter for some easy <laughs> likes. Yeah, I can't wait. That'll be great. That'll be great. That'll be great. So, Dan, the beginning of next season, it's going to be a little different than 2022, where you kick the season off with the backyard brawl, first game against Wofford. But you got any other games on the schedule you got circled besides the backyard brawl? Notre Dame. They got the number one tackle. I can't wait. And Duke. Duke got a top tackle, too. I can't wait to go against them. Duke, man, I was bull rushing them all game. I can't wait to go against them. That's interesting because we as fans, I feel like we look at like the rivals or like the big ranked teams, but you're looking at those guys you get to match up against. Kind of me and Bengala, we always talking about like I like competition. So if you if they say you're a top guy, I'm happy to go against you. Cause I wanna see, I gotta see how good I am. And I was just watching fan. I mean, I, the coach was just telling me because we just got this new uh this coach, and he was like, he was just watching the Duke game. He was like, I was bull rushing because the, the left tackle was be good. Yeah, but I can't wait to go. So, I mean, my, my top three, I would say uh, Notre Dame, North Carolina, we got to get paid back. They got lucky fourth quarter. Down, uh, Notre Dame, North Carolina. Uh, who will be my third? Oh, man. Florida State. That's going to be a fun game. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a fun game. Man. So, them three. I like going against top top teams, so I think them is going to be our hardest games, and I'm happy. And you know who else Notre Dame has, along with a top left tackle? Quarterback I got. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about him, man. I'm shocked he's still in college. <laughs> He'll probably be saying the same thing come second quarter. I can't believe that day on Hayes guy's still in college coming after me. Can't wait. I hope they run that same little offense they had. Man, that was bad. No, it's definitely it's probably going to be something way different because I don't know what Notre Dame runs, but Wake Forest is the only one that runs that like slow mesh that you guys picked apart. That was too easy for us. We knew we was going to get that game, man. Yeah the the easiest way to beat the slow mesh is just having a super athletic defensive line. So it was like it was designed to get picked apart by a Chuck Partridge line. Perfect portrait scheme up doozy. We was the line. Then we had Howlett, Jaguar, corner, oh, corner now, too. He got corner, so, yeah. We had him back there hawking it down. So, yeah, that was an easy game. It was easier than I thought, man. I swear, y'all. I thought this team was going to come out like – I mean, they did come out good. But they, I was going to say, they came out and scored those first three possessions. But they gave up too quick. Like, it was just over. Like, they just – it was just like that. I'm happy that that happened. But, man – that was, that was a party the whole fourth quarter, I'll tell you that. Man, that was fun. We killed them. We could have put the third string in. So are you are you worried at all about playing Notre Dame and, and this being a Sam Hartman revenge game? Or you think oh. you think you just like you got him? We got him. We got him. He's scary. Like once you get hit a couple of times, that, that's what our coaches tell us. It ain't about the sacks, it's about the QB hits. Once you get hit so many times. You start to get cautious in there. You start to tuck the ball. And that's all we want. And that's all he gave us the last time we played it. Guess it all adds up. Yeah. Just hit that quarterback. It'll be scared. Yeah, you better hit Drake May this year. You guys didn't hit him enough last year. That dude, man. He's a top quarterback. I ain't going to lie, man. We've been so close to him so many times. And his little self would just find a pathway. I'm like, man, he good. Let's go. We're going to get him. That's going to be a fun game. I like him. But he don't got his little weapon, number 11, no more. Or three. Was it 11? Whatever yeah, Josh Downs. Downs right? Yeah. He was so small in the slot. Man, he was. They, man, that was a good little scheme they had. Oh, then they, who did they lose in the championship game? Clemson killed them. Who killed them? Clemson? Yeah. Yeah, it was Clemson. Man, I didn't think that was going to happen. I, I thought Jimmy May was going to go crazy. I mean, Pitt and UNC, we're becoming. Rivals in the ACC. I don't know if anyone expected this, but 
every time we match up, it's a good game. Lately, Pitt's been coming out on top, but we'll get some revenge this year, I guess. Revenge this year for sure, man. For sure. Well, this has been a lot of fun, and damn, I'm sure this ain't the last time we're going to talk. Well, we'll see you at the golf outing, and we'll probably have you on the show before the season. But before I let you go, are Lakers winning at all? Yes. <laughs> I'm a LeBron fan, man. I think he could do anything. Me too. That's why I'm asking. I know I know you're a LeBron fan, and tonight's game one of the Western Conference Finals, so we might have to cut this part out if if it's a 0-2 come come Monday when this episode comes out. Yeah, man. I'm pretty, I don't think we is. I know LeBron got his AD guys. Little old man game LeBron's been pulling out this playoffs. But uh but yeah, appreciate you, Dayon, as always. Um always a always a pleasure. We get to spend some time with you before we even start recording, getting all the scoop that we're not allowed to tell anybody. But uh all the secrets, yeah. But, <laughs> But we're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to this 2023 season for you. And uh, we'll be we'll be looking out to see if you get that 10 and 10. Yeah, yes, sir. Appreciate y'all. I'll see y'all. Have a good day. All right, Dayon. Have the pit. Have the pit. Thank you again to Dayon for joining us. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I feel a lot more confident about that young defensive front going into this year, uh, knowing how locked in he is already. Uh, He's going to be so film. good. He's going to be unbelievable. I'm so excited to watch him play. He's he's going to be ridiculous. Um, I'm I'd bet anything on it. So uh, really looking forward to that. Um, and uh, and and that that's going to make June a little bit longer. Like seeing how fired up some of those guys are and ready to roll. But uh, but we have a long way to go until then. So keep on keep on grinding film day on. We'll uh we'll be rooting for you. Um, but before we head out for the rest of the week, uh, as is tradition, um, does anyone have some closing remarks, a.k.a. final thoughts? Squid. Oh, me first. Yeah. Um, I've had little or no thoughts this week, but... Like, like in like general or about... <laughs> I've just been kind of taking a lot of naps lately. Existing, yeah. Waking up, seeing what's new with Pitt. Uh, here's my final thought. We need to give Pitt and Pat Narduzzi a lot of credit for winning nine games with Keaton Slovis last year. I am the type of person who will rewatch Pitt games like high schoolers rewatch The Office. Just like, oh, after school, time to watch like four episodes of The Office that I've seen 25 times already. I cannot get myself to watch some of the games from last year just because I know how abysmal Keaton Slovis looks and will make me feel. Like I was like, oh, yeah, uh, the Pitt-Syracuse game, that was a pretty close one. So, yeah, I don't know if I don't watch Keaton Slovis throw for like a buck 85 and like two really bad interceptions. It'll put me in a bad mood. So that makes me feel a lot better about this upcoming season, and it makes me feel angst towards Keaton Slovis. We were just so spoiled with four years of Kenny Pickett. I know, dude. I've watched like every Kenny Pickett game like forty-five times. It's like I, I can't watch that game from last year, even though they won. I've actually like my pre-bet activity the last two weeks has been finding. Um, you can find like super cuts of basically every snap a quarterback takes in a game. It'll cut short if he hands it off or something. But um, I've been doing that for pre twenty twenty one games because. I, I forget a lot of the early years of Kenny's career. And it's just funny to watch like, yeah, that dog was there the entire time. It's just ball off a guy's hands. Guy ran the wrong route. It's just tackled at the one yard line, tackled at the one yard line. I know we've talked about it forever, but it's, it's just really funny now seeing him, you know, starting to come into his own in the NFL, like, those first early years where, where people were a little bit unsure and, and kind of revisiting them in hindsight. So it looks like we're all um, coping with the off season in kind of healthy ways. Yeah. My go-to hangover activity is to fire up the pit wake forest, ACC championship game, then pit Clemson. And then I usually just branch out to something that's haven't seen in a while, but nothing from last year, aside from the brawl and maybe like the, is a 300 yard game everything else the bowl game too it, 
It makes me more sick. Oh, true. Yeah, I've, I've watched Nick Patty. That doesn't even count as last season. It's like a new era. Yeah, the Sun Bowl does feel like its own, like separate chapter. Entity. Yeah, different chapter of that team. Every every I will say every time I start to like get a little bit pessimistic on our ceiling for this year, and like, oh, what does Phil have left? I think about this football team that we are going to have this year showed up at a bowl game against the number 17 team in the country and beat them. Yeah. Just with a bunch of, a bunch of backups, a backup quarterback coming in cold and, and beat them. And it's all the guys that are going to be playing this year. And is, is Phil Dracovic an, an upgrade from Nick Patty? And if the answer is yes, then this is probably a ranked football team. What are you showing us there? Just his stat line. Is that yes. Slovis's stat line? I had this in the drafts for a few days, but I just pulled the trigger now. Uh, it's people bend over backwards to give Dave Clawson credit for just winning a little bit and being barely over 500 in his career at Wake Forest. Narduzzi won nine games with that. I mean, well, eight. Nick Patty got the other one, but cracking up at Slovis just getting decimated with strays <laughs> in, in May. <laughs> Be a better quarterback. Fair. Be better at throwing a football. Dylan, what's your final thought? Um, okay, quick timeout. Did you, were you going to take the golf outing to close it out? Oh, I thought you were. Okay, well, I was just going to save that for last, then, as the last final thought. Okay. If that makes sense. Like, yeah. I didn't want to go golf outing, and then Stetson Bennett didn't graduate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my final thought is that uh, Stetson Bennett didn't graduate from Georgia, and that is very funny. A lot of people go to college for seven years, uh, a- according to Tommy Boy. Um, yeah, they're called doctors. <laughs> Trey Tipton has like four degrees. <laughs> but, I mean, I-, I know Tommy Boy was rich, but like he probably still had to show up to class Stetson. There, there's very little likelihood Stetson Bennett was ever required to step foot in a lecture hall in the last, at least two years. So for him to not get a degree is very funny. Honestly, I, I just kind of respect it. Like just go ball out at Georgia, party it up at that in the sec for six years don't don't worry about that degree. Let's be honest. He can he can go back and own the most successful used car dealership in the history of Athens, Georgia. No questions asked. Yeah, I mean, his resume can just be played quarterback at Georgia, won a national championship, and is more valuable. Than won two national degree. championships. Yeah, jeez. I've heard of. What do you think would be more appealing to just? A Georgia alum CEO, a resume that says I won Stetson two Bennett. national championships for your school, or I have four degrees, a master's in this, four point oh, four point five. It's like it's, you're going to pick Stetson Bennett. You know that resume was Stetson he's a Bennett. Gym rat. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I he has the intangibles, not the on paper resume diploma nonsense. I do, I do love the um, the running bit about him owning a uh, car dealership in Athens. I think every single college football podcast I listen to, which is too many, has some running joke about like Stetson Bennett Kia, Stetson Bennett Toyota, Stetson Bennett Honda. And I think I think that's something that we are going to collectively will into in existence. I mean, it's a joke, but realistically, you could just do that and make so much money he'd be printing money who in georgia wouldn't want to hire stetson bennett but who in georgia wouldn't want to get their used car from stetson bennett no one everyone would want that yeah you probably sign like a little football card for everybody that buys a car from them and say less printing money cool my final thought here is something we've been excited about for a while now in the works, and we finally got to put a tweet out about it. But this year's golf outing, 
with the Loyal Sons and Rendine Consulting will be taking place on July 23rd at Quicksilver Golf Course. It'll be benefiting Snapper 49 Foundation and UPMC Children's. As we know, we had Byron on the show before. He's looking to raise $49,000 for UPMC Children's Hospital. Um, Amazing cause. Really excited that this year that that cause is involved. Last year it was just come out and drink and play some golf with football players. Uh, But this year, you know, we're benefiting that snapper 49. So really excited about that. If you're a golfer, sign up. If you're not a golfer, feel free to sponsor a hole, uh, throw, throw a little money Byron's way for his charity. Um, Like we said, it's for a great cause and it's going to be a great day. Last year was super fun and there really wasn't nearly as much planning involved. Uh, So this year we we're, we're ahead of the game. Uh, Rendine Consulting doing a great job of putting this together, and we get to slap our name on it, MC it, and play around the golf. So pumped, man! I mean, it. I mean, Greg. Greg did a great job last year with it. What felt like very little support and and kind of just a can do attitude. So f- this year, all the support we're getting, I, it's it's going to be sweet. We had so many big name players out last year and it's only going to be bigger this year. You get to golf with the boys, uh, you know, get talk to them a little bit, uh, gauge their feelings on uh, the season coming up. And also you get to get drunk for charity and play golf. If those are things that you are into. I mean, come on that you don't have anything better going on July 23rd. I promise you don't. Cool. Well, come out to the golf outing. Throw some money our way. Well, not our way. Byron's way. Yeah. To the kids. Open the checkbook. Open the checkbook. Uh, yeah. Good episode, fellas. Now it's time to go finish up some yard work I got going on and enjoy Tough. this be- beautiful Sunday. Uh, but with that, as always, hail loyal sons of Pittsburgh. And that's going to do it here for the Loyal Sun Show. The incredibly handsome and talented Dylan, David, and Squid are signing off. Until next time, Panther fans, H2P.